At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Welcome back to another episode of Captain's Corner presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Uh, as always, joined by the Columbia football captains and a special guest this week. Uh, we've got Ben Mathismeyer, Justin Woodley, Stu Nublat, and John Toner, player of the game, Dante Miller. So guys, uh, thanks for, for joining me today, as always. So uh, homecoming win for the Lions on Saturday over Penn. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Columbia is the best team in New York City compared to the other two NFL teams and their records right now. <laughs> so uh, let's talk. Let's just jump right into uh, wrap, putting a wrap on Saturday's win against Penn. Uh, another kind of tight game, close one possession game in the fourth quarter, able to sneak it out. So um, what were some keys to the victory for, for all you guys? Yeah, it was a good game. I think one of the takeaways walking away from the game is a lot like CTSU where it was a closer game than it probably should have been down in the fourth quarter. Um, from the offensive side of the ball, we probably need to finish a little more of the drive. We got the red zone and we can get some sets of touchdowns. So that is a good thing looking into Dartmouth because we still have a lot to improve on. We haven't reached our ceiling yet as an offense or as a team. So I think that's the big push this week is to try to get more full potential and reach our ceiling. I think Coach Bagno would stress something yesterday that I thought was pretty important is that we're finding ways to win games. It may not be in the prettiest fashion of any sort, but we, we know that we're going to put our best foot forward playing probably the best team we've faced all year this upcoming week against Dartmouth. But I mean, it, it was it was a great team win, and it was a great atmosphere uh, with the stands and everything going on with the alumni and press to pull, pull, pull out. And we, we announced over 11,000, 11,054. So uh, I think it was the ninth highest in, in program history on a homecoming game. Um, so yeah, it was a great turnout. It was a great day. We, we beat the weather. We rained right after the game ended. <laughs> so yeah, it was a great time. I mean, talk about some moments, I guess. We'll get back into the game for a second. We'll talk to Dante specifically about his performance in that game and over the season. But, um, you know, you guys spent a lot of extra time on the field, uh, with friends and family and everything. So what was it like kind of off the field this, this weekend? Um, off the field, I think the really cool thing about homecoming more than any other game is just kind of like what Ben said, how many alumni are there. So like after the game, there's a bunch of people who have just contributed so much to the program, guys that we all look up to that kind of led the way for Columbia football before we got there and kind of passed us the torch. So I think seeing all those guys makes the game special. Afterwards. It's also just nice to have family and friends in the game. I, I had 12 buddies I had high school football with, which surprised me for this game, so that was pretty neat. And then on top of that, seeing all the guys that you played with prior from 2017 onwards, and then even the people that you met, from, you know, that played before them through, you know, just in the alumni network. It's just cool to see kind of the whole family of Columbia football together. So, yeah. Ben, I did notice on starting intros, you got, you got a very loud ovation. Yes. <laughs> I know you're in the locker room, not, you couldn't hear it, but it was very loud for you. 
So that makes sense. <laughs> Dante, just, I mean, you've had a hell of a season so far um, and broke off another, you know, long run in the win on Saturday. So I guess talk about some keys uh, that, that have helped you get to this point for, from making a jump from two years ago to now? Most of that production comes from the line. I mean, they've worked their tails off this year. And like I said in the, um, another interview a few days ago, they're very detail-oriented, you know, focus on leverage and in the running back room, we just we see see the leverage and take advantage of it. But um, as, as counting to me, uh, I focus on slowing down. You know, you know COVID, you know, you know lines maybe years have changed. Just to focus on, you know, slowing down, you know. My strength is always speed, but in order to take advantage of the speed, you have to slow down. And uh, my patience is a, it's a virtue. So that's what I think of. Did you watch like film of other NFL backs or like anything like that? Who are, who are some people that you were trying to, to kind of pattern your game after? So for a few months, I studied film on uh, Al Kamara, uh, mainly Barry Sanders on the side too. So those are just two of my favorite running backs because they're because of their balance. You know, you know it's it's great to have great speed and balance and. Uh, I think that's what can make a great running back. So I study hours and hours out, not during the week, maybe half hour a day, you know, studying films, studying different moves, techniques, on how to just become a better player. So, Dante, we'll talk to you a little bit more after the break, uh, but before we do that, let's look a little bit ahead to Dartmouth. I know it's, again, we're, we're doing this on a Monday, haven't had a ton of time to look at film, but um, just kind of give us some early keys to that game and what you're expecting uh, for a Friday night matchup with a uh, day less of preparation time. Yeah, I mean, obviously on the short week, we jumped ahead yesterday and got through the film pretty quick and went on, at least defensively, very to watch the Dartmouth game against Yale to see, you know, what they're putting together because Yale runs a similar scheme to us. Um, and, I mean, Dartmouth's offense, I mean, obviously it's been putting up points in the past game, but I think they have a really physical attack in the run game with, you know, a good running back and then they feature kind of the wildcat quarterback similar to what we have in game. So it's going to be a really good matchup. We always, uh, you know, love national spotlight and this, this is obviously one for some of people on Friday so we're for best of four. Uh, from the offense side of the ball, Dartmouth's defense has just always been very strong, very stout, so we're going to need to be very physical up front. Um, and just in terms of like the team as a whole, Dartmouth doesn't make a lot of mistakes, so we're really going to need to be like playing all around football game and not beat ourselves, I think. Last time we played, like Princeton, for example, when we lost, we made some mistakes and kind of shot ourselves in the foot. Um, if we want to beat Dartmouth, we can't be doing that. They're just too good of a football team to make mistakes. Yeah, we've got a very good school football team coming in on Friday. And, you know, just like Stu, Matt, and Matt Tomorrow said, uh, we just can't make mistakes. And that's kind of been the story of the season. You know, we would probably scored at least five more touchdowns if we just focus on those smaller details. And uh, great respect coming in this Friday. We know what type of football team we are, and we have great expectations for ourselves. So it should be a great game. I guess, you know, all Ivy games are important, but, you know, seeing a team coming in undefeated, does that, you guys have talked about cleaning up mistakes, but how do you raise the bar even more than you normally would, I guess, for an Ivy League game? I don't know if you can go well, anywhere with that. Well, we're underdogs, and that's, that's the best part about it. I mean, you know, being here for the last few years, uh, we've had a few games where we've obviously come here as underdogs. And the way we played this season, you know, four and one, and five and zero, it's it's going to be a great stage, you know. And being an underdog, you know that people are watching, and people may have less expectations for us than we have for ourselves. So it's just proving everybody wrong, especially on the national spotlight. 
All right, guys, we'll take a quick commercial break. Uh, you're listening to Captain's Corner presented by JAG1, so stick around for segment two. JAG1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. All right, welcome back to the Captain's Corner podcast presented by JAG1 Physical Therapy. I'm Mike Kowalski. Joined by Ben Mathis-Meyer, Justin Woodley, Stu Nublatt, and Dante Miller. So, uh, Dante, we're going to turn the spotlight to you a little bit. Um, first, the question, I guess, is what led to the number change going into Saturday? So, me and Ben... This is a funny story. <laughs> this is a pretty funny story. Wait, tell them what happened. You take it. All right, so freshman year, I was number 25, and uh, Ben and I were the same number, and we were special teams together, so somebody had to change the numbers, obviously. I was a freshman, so <laughs> had to change my number to seven. Then this year, me and Ben are also number seven on punts on punt together. We were two pretty good players right. on punt together, so change my number again. <laughs> so <laughs> come to this game, yeah, I changed my number. Um, <laughs> nice, and it seemed to work for you. Yeah, felt pretty good wearing it. Yeah, it looked right. Yeah. <laughs> Now let's go back. We've been the last few weeks. We've been talking to get to know these these three guys and uh, want to get to know you a little bit better. So talk us about where you're from and how you started playing football. And uh, I'm from a small town, kind of a city, uh, Richmond County, North Carolina. Um, led to football. My mom kind of put me into football to keep me out of trouble when I was younger. And you know, through time, I just fell in love with it. You know, it got me to school and taught me a lot of you know, virtues I have today. As far as leadership, determination, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, Come from a very humble background. My mom's always, you know, taking care of the household, and I just try to hold it down as much as I could. And I guess fast forward a little bit to how you wound up at Columbia. Tell us that story. Um. So yeah, um, at my school, we didn't know much about Ivy League schools. I didn't even know what Ivy League school was until like late my senior year. Um, so I had a few other offers, you know, bigger ones like Duke, uh, JMU, and a few other schools. And uh, so I was committed to James Madison and. I got a pretty good test score on the ACT, relatively. It wasn't a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a few Ivy League schools came through. Columbia, one of them. And my family being from Brooklyn, um, you know, Columbia offered me. I had a long talk with my mom, and we thought it would be a better decision to come here. Nice. So, guys, tell us a little bit more about Dante, because he seems to be a little bit humble. So, what do you, what do you, what should people know about him? What's he like as a teammate? Uh, we'll open the floor to you guys. And if you have any questions for him, you feel free to ask away. Yeah, Dante is someone who I think embodies like the work ethic you want everyone to have on the team. Um, any day that we're not doing anything, or maybe off, where guys are maybe taking their own time, doing their own thing, getting away from football. Dante is on the field, the baker, doing his own work. So, Dante really embodies 
what you want every guy to be doing, doing the right thing all the time. I think, I don't know if this is correct, but Dante may be the only person in the Dagnolic area that, that at least at Columbia has ever been able to win one. So it's not just us that respect him, it's the coaching staff that's doing it too. I think another portion of it is that Dante loves his craft. I think he, he perfects his craft, and especially over COVID, he's really worked on his game, and obviously it's elevated to the next level of the season. It's going to continue to do that just because we know the person Dante is. So. Now, I've got to ask you, it seems pretty self-explanatory, given your speed and everything, but the nickname Little Turbo, how did that come about? Was that a Columbia thing, or is that something before Columbia? Oh, um, Jalen Williams, a former linebacker in Columbia, he called me he called me Turbo. They called me Little Turbo, and then he just kind of stuff. All right. So, I mean, you're getting a lot of pub this week, so I got a lot of little nuggets we got to find out about. So now I'm going to open up to you guys. Do you have any questions for Dante? Anything you think we should, we should get to know about? Mm. Put you guys on the spot a little bit. <laughs> Funny, so uh, me, Jack Hurts, um, Cameron Brown, Chris Park, and James Miller, mm-hmm. uh, we're actually working on uh, possibly Hulu and Netflix TV show that we worked on a few months ago with one of my friends from the city. Uh, I can't disclose his name right now. <laughs> but, uh, Secret. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, they're working on the trailer for it, and um, we're kind of like played partial roles in it as uh, you know, football players. Mm-hmm. No, there was no connection to Columbia. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we, were, we uh, went upstate for a while and we worked on the team, and hopefully it comes out great. Nice. Well, good luck with that. I mean, you're not the only one. Our men's basketball team uh, recorded an episode of the CBS show Bull last week. They went to Brooklyn and were extras. Uh, yeah, they were down there. So, yeah. So, advantages of coming to Columbia and, you know, going to school in New York City. You could be an extra or have your own TV show coming out or movie or whatever. So, <laughs> You mentioned Alvin Kamara, Barry Sanders. Who's the favorite? If you have to choose one, who's the favorite? Oh, Barry Sanders. Just, just because of respect, you know. Barry, he left the game early, he left the ball on the table. So, you know, if he if he stayed for another three years, he would have broken even more like So I think he'll obviously continue to go down as probably the most dynamic and uh, one of the best, one of the most great running back in history. And, uh, you know, in a new era, it's got to be out of the you know. He just, he brings a different energy to the game. By the way, he just, he performs on the field and he's always had a smile on his face. And whether it's with the grill or not. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just... I look, I look up there and play performs. It also helps that Barry Sanders plays in one of the best organizations. Flying to ourselves now here on the Captain's Corn podcast. Uh, man, I mean, I remember watching Barry Sanders in the NFC Championship game against the Reds, well, the Washington football team. You know, <laughs> way to self-correct there. Um, and, yeah, that's like as close as he got, unfortunately. But being a Giants fan, I was definitely rooting for the Lions. <laughs> so Dante, a Carolina Panthers fan from Carolina. Big, big Carolina Panthers. Yeah, what do you what do you, what do you think of them this season? I'm telling you, once uh, Christian McCaffrey comes back, he's 100. Maybe in the playoffs, it'll be great. We're great right now, but we're gonna be great. <laughs> you jumping ahead of the playoffs already. <laughs> nice. I want to touch again because I think they came off really well. The blue jerseys. I mean, they look great. You won. People are gonna want to know: Are they coming back? <laughs> we could release our uniform combo for next week if we want, but instead of the, the light blue jerseys, we'll be with the light blue pants. Nice. Yeah, I think everybody uh, enjoyed seeing us back in the Columbia blue. Um, I mean, the, the numbers on the helmet kind of put it over the top. 
for for me anyway. Not that it matters for anybody else, but <laughs> I thought it was a good look. Uh, definitely paid homage to the 61 team. And again, we talked about this a little bit. It, it, I think it did help with our stats a little bit. But yeah, it was a good look. Went over well. I mean, got some pub on ESPN and UniWatch and all that stuff. And um, it was good to see him back and good to see him uh, come away with a win because, you know, again, just throw it back to me. I'm, as a Mets fan, they brought back the black jerseys this year and they won like one game of black jerseys. So, like, it's never good when you go like to like a classic, quote unquote, classic look and you don't pick up a W on it. <laughs> I, I don't think we would have ever been in those again. <laughs> there was like no extra pressure guys <laughs> yeah no they look great <laughs> so before we let you guys go uh just wanted to see if you guys have any pregame superstitions rituals kind of how how things go when you're getting prepped for for game day oh uh, well um about 30 minutes before each game you know football players we have our headphones in most of the day so I like to keep my headphones off and just listening to you know people talk or people's you know, outgoing music outside of their headphones or whatever's going on in the locker room about an hour before you game. So well, sometimes it could be about 45 minutes to an hour, but then the rest of that time I like to just be in the moment rather than in my headphones. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm going to do it, I'm not going to listen to the Lucy Bird. Yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? Uh, before a game, I'm really just trying to stay focused. I'm listening to music most of the time, uh, sitting in the locker room, trying to visualize the things that I'm going to be doing out on the field. Um, one game day thing that stands out, I get a text from my dad every morning when I arrive at a game that just says it's a great day for football. So that always gets me a little ready and focused in on a game, which is an awesome tradition that feels out. Yeah, I get, I get a text from my dad every morning that I've been getting for probably eight years now. That's <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of different ones. I mean, I listen to the same three songs up. First one's Voice of Truth. I used to listen to it with my dad before we go to games when we were kids. Um, the second one's Beneath the Jets because my mom used to always play that with me. And the last one's Willie Duvall because I used to think my uncle my godfather. And then I'll go to the game and when we get taped, I, I won't put my headphones in and I like to listen to college game day just because I used to always do that when I was a kid. I love to hear about college football in general and then right before we go out, I'll try to put in my headphones and listen to uh, the Closer Will speech by Andy Johnson. I mean, there's no real superstition, you know, just trying to stay relaxed, stay calm, don't try to get too hyped up before the game starts. It's funny that you guys talk about college game day because um, every home game, I go upstairs with Jake and Dan and I watch college game day and just talk to Dan. Dan knows so much about football. <laughs> so we just sit there with Jake. Yeah, the quiver room. Just get home and see, you know, I'm not even dressed and we're just sitting there watching college game day. What do you think of the winner? That'll do it for another episode of Captain's Corner. Once again, we're presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. You can catch the Lions take on Dartmouth this Friday night, October 22nd at 6 p.m. You can watch the game on ESPNU. It's the only Ivy League game in town. It's one of the few college football games in town, so you better tune in. Uh, tickets are available for Columbia's next home game on November 6th against Harvard. Get tickets by visiting GoColumbiaLions.com slash tickets. And if you're a first-time listener to this podcast, thanks for, for listening. If you're a long-time listener, also thank you. Um, tell your friends. Search for Columbia Athletics on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. So until next week, I'm Mike Kowalski. Talk to you later.